Hey everyone, welcome to Practical Perspectives. I am Adrian, and I am here with another great podcast for everyone to listen to. I received so many topics uh, regarding what you'd like for me to speak about, but something has totally moved me, uh, particularly this one topic that kind of makes a lot of sense to speak about this month. And this month is um, Autism Awareness Month. So I thought, you know what, maybe that is too broad of a topic to speak about. And then I really dug deep, deeper into it and said, you know what, this is a great topic to speak about, especially in particular, this one person who is a dear friend of mine who is going to give us perspective on a topic. And the topic today is adulting with autism and other challenges. And someone to help me gain perspective that I really don't have a deep perspective into is a a special guest. Her name is Ginger Stewart. Uh, First, I want to give you a little bit of background on her before she comes and uh, speaks with us today. First of all, we're very excited to have Ginger here. Uh, She's currently a well-established college instructor with several years of experience in higher ed. Uh, She is currently working on her doctorate. She is a minister. She volunteers. She's a mom of two boys, uh, one having special needs as well. Uh, She is accomplished and respected in her field. And she does all of this with challenges that you and I might not even consider. So (laughs) she's just an amazing individual. Uh, She was diagnosed with ADHD in the second grade. And it was only when her son Jacob was diagnosed when he was seven with Asperger's that she was diagnosed at 37. So, I mean, there's, there are other things. I mean, she, there's depression in the late twenties, in her late twenties, high functioning anxiety. Uh, She lives through all of this, her daily life, despite what she's going through. She's a mom. She's a role model. She helps everyone. Uh, she's a great friend and a worker. And really, she she's a caregiver. I mean, she wears all the hats that we might wear, but don't even know the first thing about the challenges she goes through daily. So with that, Ginger Stewart, very excited to have you here. Give us perspective on uh, your life. Give us perspective on at 37 when you realized what you were going through uh, was on the spectrum. Well, thank you for having me. Um, You know, growing up, I always kind of felt like a square peg in a round world. And that's how I used to always describe myself. You know, I always felt different and not the same as everybody else. And when I would say that to people, they, you know, always were very dismissive of it. Um, They're like, you don't know what you're talking about. And I said, yes, I do, you know, (laughs) and, um, you know, it wasn't until, um, you know, as a mom, I knew my son, but I didn't know exactly how. Right. And when I had to meet with the counselor about him, And she was talking to me and she just kind of sat back and she said, "Uh, do you know your son's on the spectrum? I said, spectrum of what? Colors? You know, because that's (laughs) to me what a spectrum was. Of course, of course. And um, 
she said, no, on the spectrum of autism. And my heart literally sank Aww. down to the floor. Mm-hmm. And um, she said, why are you upset? And I said, because to me, when you hear autism, you know, that's a life changing thing. Mm-hmm. And she said, why? Because you're a textbook case of autism. Are you and, kidding? Wow. And, and I said, what do you mean? Oh. And she said, if I had to write a book on a textbook case of of an, uh, a woman with Asperger's, you would be it. And she said, have you never been told that you have Asperger's before? And I said, no, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, that's, you know, usually the case is that most women, um, you know, have never been diagnosed because, you know, young, you know, back before it wasn't really thought of right you know and wasn't really diagnosed Mm -hmm. and I'm like okay well that explains a lot and she started you know explaining what Asperger's is Mm -hmm. and I was like okay yeah that answers a lot of questions that explains a lot (laughs) and check check (laughs) right okay yes 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 wow and women are better at hiding it because we normally have to accommodate so much Um, more so than men and boys, um, you know, Mm -hmm. so we get better at hiding it or placating it, I should say. Yeah. And, um, the other thing too, is like, I have, uh, what's called sensory processing disorder or, and I'm real bad about like, I could like growing up, I hated dresses. I fought my mom about dresses and pantyhose and socks and, (laughs) I could never wear anything that felt very uncomfortable to the point that it like drove me crazy. Same thing with textures of foods and noises like loud noises or repetitive noises have always driven me crazy. Mm -hmm. And I never knew why, like, and where everybody else couldn't hear things like a slow hum or somebody clicking a pin, even over really loud noises, I could pick that up in a room where nobody else would even hear it. And I'm like, how can you not hear that? Like it is driving wow. me insane. Yeah. And I can still hear it. And wow. uh, the older I've gotten, like the, the smaller noises bother me more than the loud noises. Wow. And so it's interesting how things are changing as I'm getting older. <laughs> um, and, you know, I used to get in trouble being a kid, you know, cause my mom didn't understand it and my mm-hmm. dad didn't understand it you know, but it would literally drive me crazy. And I'm like, I don't know. And like my sisters, it didn't bother them, but like clothes and things. And I'm still that way. I can't sleep on certain sheets or blankets, or I still can't even eat certain foods because of the texture of them, not the taste. Um, and so when she was telling me this about my son, like I understood it, my Mm -hmm. ex-husband did not. And him and I would have, (laughs) extreme, you know, um, conversations and, you know, um, arguments about it because he would think he was just being difficult. And I'm like, he can't help it. You know, it'd be like me explaining how to drive a stick shift to you and you never driving one. And then me going, okay, now that I've explained it to you, you should know how to drive it. Get out there and drive one. (laughs) And him being like, but I can't, I'm never driving one. I'm like, but I explained it to you. Why can't you do it? (laughs) I totally think that misunderstanding, not knowing, not caring to know is a huge problem I pin on society today because people are very dismissive. They don't want to take the time to get to know a person and get to know, Hey, 
something might not be right, but that doesn't mean they're wrong, bad, or not, you know, go, they're right. just going through something. Wow. And, and I really had to take the time to really study like emotional intelligence and things mm-hmm. that most people give no second thought to, like spatial awareness. Like yep. I stand really close to people and don't think anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and about how that could bother somebody. Cause to me, like, why should that bother you? That's not a big deal. Like, why does, yeah. that, you know, uh, because I, I didn't think that was a problem or like when I get really nervous and I used to talk really fast like this all the time and I'm really never understood why I drove everybody crazy. And I had to learn how to slow my, my conversation down right? because I didn't understand that I was talking fast. And when yeah. I get nervous, I talk fast like that anyway. And, uh, or when I get excited, I talk over people not meaning to just because I'm excited mm-hmm. and I'm an inquisitive person and I ask a lot of questions and some people will mistake that as me trying to be a know-it-all and I'm not, I just want to know because I'm so scared of making a mistake. And that's the thing too, that people don't understand is we don't like to make mistakes. And if we don't think we can be good at something, we won't even try because we don't want to make mistakes or because we're judged so many other ways, you know, and picked on so many other ways that when we find something we're good at, we want to be the best at it. Uh, You know what, Ginger, that I can see that, but here, here's my thing. How do you adult through all of this? I mean, how, how, it's exhausting. (laughs) It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. Um, Because what people don't realize is um, we're overthinkers naturally. So our Mm -hmm. brains never shut off. That's why we have hard time sleeping and things like that. And, you know, we're um, worriers by nature. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, even when something's not wrong, we automatically think there is, you know. So if we haven't talked to somebody in a while or somebody says they're going to call us back and they don't, we're like, okay, what did we do wrong? Right. Um, you, in, you internalize. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that leads to people being like, oh, my gosh, like, <laughs> what's wrong with this person? But it's because we care and we don't like to upset people. And we're we're naturally people pleasers, which causes its own set of problems. Right. For sure. Especially when you're an adult. Right. And y- you have all the challenges of being an adult. Uh, right. That's not, not just work, but parenting and socializing and all. And and then you're faced with this diagnosis as an adult where you're trying to get your child through it and explain to them when you yourself are going through it. Right. So was that, I mean, how did you, how did you get well, through that? That, beginning part? that was very overwhelming because in the yeah. midst of all that, I was in the process of a divorce. Ugh. So, so that's another thing to add. I mean, you've yes. been doing this single for how many years? I mean, a lot. For uh, 17 years now. Jeez. Wow. Wow. I, I was married for 16 years. Um, and right at the cusp of this, uh, Jacob had gotten diagnosed at five with ADHD, which, which was what made me ask for the divorce because okay. um, my, my ex-husband at then uh we know he refused to acknowledge that anything was wrong other than something disciplinarian and he started being um you know I grew up in an abusive home my mother was abusive Mm -hmm. and my Mm -hmm. father had was killed on Christmas Eve when I was 11 Mm -hmm. 
and um, I married what I knew. I'll put it that right. way. Of course. And so when I started seeing my child at five, you know, I have a younger son that is was two and Jacob mm-hmm. was five. So when my husband started being abusive to my five-year-old son at the time, I always swore that I would never allow my children to go up in a home the way I did. Right. So that's when I said, nope, <laughs> it's one thing to treat me that way. It's going to be another thing uh, for my children to grow up in that. Well, no, no one should ever treat uh, their spouse, partner, I, or a friend. I understand, like but, it, so, but, it's but, what, but it's what I knew. I didn't know. You knew, I, exactly. I didn't know different. I was going right, to make sure exactly. my children did know different, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So, but the fact that you had that courage and the fact that you saw uh, that that future component of yeah. the behavior coming out, that it just makes you that that much more unbelievably amazing. Honestly, Ginger, <laughs> I sit here in awe and I know you're probably like, you're crazy. But uh, seriously, people don't realize our lives are, are not complicated. I mean, we all have our challenges, right. okay? But you are living a life with complications, challenges, but that's your life and you love your life. Right. And you love your boys. Absolutely. Like, that that's just and you love your job. Yes, which I do. It's just so amazing. But how I mean, there are so many adults wandering around here who are probably undiagnosed. Right. Okay. And they're frustrated. And here you're trying to help the kids who are diagnosed and you yourself need that help. How does that make I mean I know you didn't ever chimps out on giving Jacob everything he needs, but where did you fit in to getting the help and the understanding that you needed? Um, well, I haven't really ever sought help for myself. I'm, okay. I, um, I self-educate if that makes sense. I, Absolutely. I learn a lot mm-hmm. of things for myself. I self-study because I think education is important but again, I grew up in a time where you didn't go seek help outside of, you know, the home yeah. or things like that. It just wasn't done. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but I've always loved to learn. I always thought education was important. I was the first one in my family to ever get a college degree. Um, wow, that's outstanding. And uh, I was, you know, I had my undergraduate degree. I, I worked three jobs to, to get it. And then mm-hmm. uh, I worked a while and then went back and got my master's degree. And I was really proud of my younger sister who in her uh, early forties went back to school and got a nursing degree. You know, she, wow. so now I have, you know, her with her degree and um, you know, my older sister is an ordained minister and I'm an, mm-hmm. uh, or she's actually an ordained pastor. Her and her husband have been pastoring their own church for uh, well over almost 30 years now and I'm an mm-hmm. ordained minister as well and um, you know I've I've done that since 2014 and um, you know I really think well I, I have a question for you sure. I have two questions for sure. you and I, I just do you ever get angry at your situation and do you ever get angry at God in the situation um, I will tell you as a child I was very angry at God I didn't okay. understand how he took my father, who was mm-hmm. the nicest man you'd ever want to meet, mm-hmm. and um, left me with a parent who was very angry 
and could be very mm-hmm. mean. But at the time, I didn't realize my mother was bipolar and was very abused uh, herself. And we didn't know that as children. We know that right. now. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, she's much better now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and as an adult, I can look back and, you know, see things differently. But as a kid, mm-hmm. you, you don't see those things, you know. Right. Um, and, you know, the thing we have to realize is that God doesn't um, put us in some of the situations that we're in. We put ourselves in them. I, ch- I mm-hmm. chose my husband. My Lord, The Lord didn't choose him for me. <laughs> the Lord tried right. to show me who he was. And I kept saying, no, no, I didn't want to see it. You know, right. I thought I could love him enough to change him or, you know, that nobody had you know, loved him the right way and those kind of things. Right. And that was on me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, <clears throat> so that's why we have, you know, freedom of choice and, mm-hmm. you know, we have to understand, you know, that sometimes it's our own choices that put us in the path of things. But right. I also have to be very aware that I would not have my children today and be where I am today had I not made that choice. So, you know. And that, you know, talking to a lot of divorced parents, they say the one good thing out of this is the kids that I absolutely gotten. (laughs) And and that, I mean, it's interesting because there's always that positive, right? Even though the outcome isn't a good one, there is a positive that comes from two people who are in love and they they have children is and I, and I learned some good lessons from that. I mean, it's, you know, mm-hmm. I've only had two relationships in my life. And I met Jeff when I was 18. He was really my first boyfriend, you know, mm-hmm. and I was married by 20, you know. And, okay. You know, so, <laughs> um, and then when I, right when I finished my divorce, I, I dated one other person for, about two years, uh, two and a half years. And then I haven't really dated since then because I focused on my children. Um, mm-hmm. but because yeah. I promised them their dad went and, you know, had two other children and got in a relationship and they asked me, mom, please don't do that. And so I told them I wouldn't, I would see them through graduation and all of that. Yeah. And, and that's what I did. Um, it just be it just again speaks to what an amazing individual individual you are and how through all of this you are a mom first and and there's such beauty in that because there are so many things so many people want to take care of them their own self you know like i'm the most important thing but the fact that you're giving it you're giving those kids everything and most importantly you are serving as such an amazing role model to them so that's really awesome. But here, here's my next question. Where do you get the motivation? I mean, okay, your kids are your motivation. That's mine too. However, you know, these are challenges you face every single day. How do you get up every single day? Or if you do good, well, you don't sleep well. Right. right. Well, I mean, <laughs> you don't sleep that so, much anyway, but where's your motivation? Where does well, it come honestly, from? Honestly, it comes from having a strong relationship with the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, um, I like it. And my sisters tell me this all the time that, you know, I'm kind of like Job in the Bible. You know, I have that similar um, relationship, I guess. Um, I really do love the Lord. And, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, he is our creator. He is the one 
that uh, gave us life and he put us on this earth to enjoy life. And I still, uh, despite everything, um, do look at things as an optimist and as, you know, um, we really should, you know, open the sun, (laughs) the shades and look at the sun and think, you know, Mm -hmm. this is a day the Lord has made, you know, let's be glad and rejoice in it. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that's how we were created. And that's how I teach my sons to look at life. And, you know, you are going to have bad days occasionally, but you've got to look at the, you know, sunny side of things. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's um, really how my personality has been since I was born. And I don't, I, I guess that's the way that he really did make me. And that, I don't know how to explain it any other way. <laughs> you know, right. I've been like that right. since I was little. And, um, you know, I, I'm naive that way. I, I still see the best in people, no matter how much I've been hurt throughout my life. I still have a childlike quality about myself, even as a 52-year-old woman, you know. And, um, <laughs> you know, that's just part of also being Asperger's you're always still going to be childlike no matter how old you Uh get um and so I think that's also part of what makes us kind of unique and special too too is that no matter how old we get we can we still have that innocence about us you know sure definitely definitely so all right so what perspective can you offer people who are going through what you're going through really with, with having a child with special needs, you yourself have challenges and special needs. How, how do you, how do you deal with the workplace? How do you deal with um, just adulting every single day? What perspective can you offer people who are going through what you're going through, even though everyone is different and we, we manage our time, we manage ourselves very differently, but with, this perspective that I want, sometimes it teaches us and we have to learn every single day because it makes us better people and it makes us deal with people in a better frame of mind situation. Understanding and knowledge is key. So what would you, what could you offer people in terms well, of perspective? Well, the perspective I've gained is this, like you have to understand yourself. Like for me, I have to have something to care about. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for me, it is my children. It is my dog. (laughs) It is my work. (laughs) And if I don't have those things, I get lost and I can fall into depression really badly. So I have learned that about myself, that I have to have something to get up for and something to do. I, I have to stay busy. And if I don't have things to stay busy doing, um, that is a red flag for me. And so like a, um, not that I can't handle change, but a routine is very good for me. And usually Mm -hmm. for people on the spectrum, routine is good. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that helps. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Routine is good. Yeah, I like routine. I'm not on the spectrum, so I I think, but who knows? But routine for me is everything. And and when change comes for me, I mean, I like progress. I like changes, but when they're big changes, I have to take a step back 
you know, because it's just so right. overwhelming. And, and, and you yeah. have to know that um, when change does come and it's hard for you, it, it's okay. It's okay mm-hmm. to know that you might need a minute. And, th- and that, because I used to be really hard on myself and, and I can get overwhelmed very easy. And I had to, to, to know that it's okay to not be okay. Um, right. Good point. You know, because really I used to point. be so hard on myself and that made mm-hmm. it worse. So I right. had to, you know, be okay with not being okay for a minute. And yeah. then I needed um, to have one or two people in my life that I could go to and be able to say, I don't need you to fix me. I don't need you to give me your mm-hmm. opinion. I just need you to listen. And them mm-hmm. to be okay with that, and, and so okay. you're though there are people that you need to have out there to to do that for you. Um, and then, as far as the workplace goes, um, that can be <laughs> tedious because a lot of people are going to misunderstand people with Aspergers in the workplace yep. because we are yep. people that are very literal. Uh, so mean mm-hmm. what you say and say what you mean and words are very significant to us because we don't always pick up on nonverbal cues. So those words right. even have extra meaning. Um, and so mm-hmm. when people say stuff, we're like, uh, so what did that mean? <laughs> um, right. Because where other right. people are like, well, that's not what I meant to say, but we're like, no, that's what you said. And, and so they right. get frustrated with us because we can't accept that that's not what the intent of the message was, but we're like, but that's what you mm-hmm. said. So, you know, um, I am upfront with whoever my bosses are or whoever, you know, I work with. I'm like, look, I'm going to question you on things and I don't mean it mm-hmm. the way it might come across. Just know that when you say something, um, I might not pick up on the intent. So I'm going to say, Hey, this is what you said and this is how I took it. And so just know that that's going to be part of who I am. So you self disclose and I do it up front. Okay. And I've had that. It took me a long time to get to that. Uh, I used to be really okay. intimidated, but I found that it caused me less problems if I did that up front. All right. Great. Yeah. Very good point. Very good point. And plus it allows people to know who you really are. And that's important because like you said, misunderstanding, not knowing what um, the meaning that they're trying to say comes into play. And you all have to be, and we know about communication, right? We all have to be on that same page, but we're all different. So how do you do that? And I think it's great that you self-disclose because it, it gives us an insight into what you're going through as well as how we handle ourselves. And it's a responsibility for us as well. And and I, I think right. that's great. I, and, I do think And the other great. thing that people have yeah. to understand is there are days, like especially with the combination of the ADHD and the Asperger's and the sensory overload, that we can have just mm-hmm. off days. And people can ask us what would be a normal, just easy question. And we can kind of look at you like, what did you just say? And and we can ramble and it doesn't make sense. And then we can come back to you and be like, look, I'm sorry. I know I was all over the place mm-hmm. um, because we're just having an off day, you know, um, yeah. and people have to be willing to accept that, you know, because some days we just don't have yeah. good days. 
Yeah, that that's definitely a great point. But Ginger, what do you think about society and how society accepts uh, people on the spectrum, autism? Do you think we do a good enough job with awareness and exposure? I don't because I think that um, a lot of people, as soon as they hear autism or spectrum, they automatically assume mm-hmm. that anybody that's on the autism spectrum is basically kind of sitting in a room, rocking back and forth, can't articulate, mm. or is someone right. that um, isn't necessarily the brightest bulb in the room. <laughs> and that's not right. everybody yeah. on the spectrum. And a lot of kids with right. autism are extremely bright and they're very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't know how to share that all the time and they can get overwhelmed very easy or they don't like to be touched. There's, there's different, everyone has different challenges. It's just, you know, how do you get that across? Um, And you can't assume things just in like, not all Asperger's people are the same. Um, And so you have Mm -hmm. to just learn the nuances of each person. Right. It's an understanding. And and one of the things that I don't care for is how, people right. are grouped you know like you said they you have those trigger words those buzzwords you, you hear spectrum you hear autism and you group them you don't really realize there are different degrees there are different levels and it's not right to go ahead it's, it it's is. judgmental you know and, and that's that could really wear on a person who has it who you know feels they're being judged right all and the, the, and the thing that i hear all the time which drives me insane is uh you know you hear well you don't look autistic <laughs> i'm like Ugh. <sighs> yeah where that's for another show about <laughs> right. people like that <laughs> i'm really not getting into that 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 really fries my yeah. eggs i'll tell you <laughs> but i mean honestly what you do and what you have done for your family and for for yourself of course I look at you and I say, you need some time for yourself, but I know you take it, but yet that is not your motivation and getting those boys to where they need to be in life is definitely your true, your true drive. And there's nothing like it. You are an amazing individual. You have offered such great perspective today uh, on this topic. And for people who are going through or may not be going through, but had those questions about how someone like you, Ginger, deals with it and and can be successful like you are. And you might not think you're that successful, but in every aspect you are. And I think it's important to just reiterate, it's the tribe that you have, the people you can go to uh, that don't really, you don't want a, an opinion. Right. You just want to be heard and you just want to be listened to. And it's an emotional intelligence factor, knowing yourself, knowing uh you know, what your challenges are and, and how that corresponds or aligns to what society has there. And we, it's, it's so sad and pathetic that we don't do a good enough job. Uh, and, and I see it too. I really do. And it's, it's heartbreaking, but what do we do? Well, we have to wear, uh, we have to raise more awareness and treat people kindly. Like we should be, (laughs) we should be doing anyway. But anyway, Ginger, thank thank you so much for joining me today. And I really, I really hope that we get to connect again on a a topic because your insight and perspective is excellent. And that's exactly where I want this to go. So I appreciate you and thank thank you. you so much.
You too. All right. You have a good Bye-bye. one. Bye.